You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. You're potentially here because you listened to the last episode. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, you should listen. It's pretty damn good. And at the very end, when I was answering questions, I have people that email in their questions here to the podcast, and I was reading out their questions, someone asked a really good question. And I've never done this before, but I decided that the question was so good that it it was good because the answer is very necessary and something that you should know. And also, it's going to take me a little bit longer than a quick five minutes to explain it. So I decided on the spot, I wanted to make an entire episode on it. And that's what is the inspiration for today's episode, which and I was thinking, I know I did an episode similar to this. And I look back in my in my log of, of episodes and I, I couldn't find it. I was typing in all the different words I thought would come up and I was going to see if that one would be a good one to uh, to post as a rerun here because it might have answered the question. Either way, couldn't find it and I decided we'll just do this anyways. If I in fact did do it once before, I don't remember. 802 episodes, sometimes you forget when it's a very specific topic like today, a healthy and fulfilling relationship. And I did put in parentheses, must listen because really, and I'm glad you're listening, every guy should be listening to this episode. This is uh, as niche of a, a topic as it is, it still should be for every single person because I know that most of you want a relationship eventually. I know there's some of you who are not looking for that and that's that's fine too, but a majority of guys do eventually want to be in a relationship, whether it's a girlfriend, even if you have multiple girlfriends or it's a marriage and a wife and kids, like either in either direction or even if you're dating actually. So, okay, this does apply to literally everyone because even if you're casually dating, you don't want to be with someone who's going to be toxic. You want someone who's that you're going to be with that's going to be healthy and not toxic. That's the whole point. So let me read the question again, because some of you I know didn't necessarily listen to the last episode. So let me give you the question again, and we'll be on topic here. So this is from Anonymous. He says, greetings, Trip. I would like to remain anonymous. I have been listening to your podcast since the long overdue end to an almost five-year toxic drama roller coaster of a relationship. I'm still recovering even eight months after the fact. My problem is I tried to fix her and failed to recognize the red flags. My question is, what does a fulfilling relationship look like versus a bad relationship? Additionally, I live in Houston, Texas. I moved here a few weeks ago and have a tough time finding where to meet quality women. Where do quality women congregate? I'm not into the whole club thing. Keep up the fantastic work. You are the sole reason I'm able to climb out of my funk surrounding the end of my relationship. Thank you for that best anonymous. So we're going to get into what does a healthy relationship look like versus a bad relationship. And I made a list of things uh, really honestly based on mostly anecdotal, but of course, things that I've I've just read over the years in terms of what makes relationships last. So all of it combined, I believe it's going to be a really powerful message and lesson for you, especially for the guys who are you know trying to learn what that looks like. Because a lot of guys don't 
unfortunately they, they don't take the time to learn this because, and I get it, you know, you're first just thinking about like, how do I attract a girl? That's way far down the line of like, how do I actually have a good relationship? I'm not even close to that. I'm trying to attract women, get dates, get them on second dates, all that. But eventually you're going to get good at that with the help of the podcast, or if you end up in our coaching program or get one of the courses, like you're going to get good at that. But then you got to know what to look for and the signs to look for. And those signs can sometimes pop up in the dating phase when you guys are first dating. It can also pop up later on when you're in the relationship. Hopefully not. Hopefully you see those signs before, but you'll be able to tell as you move forward in spending time with this person. So today is the shortcuts to knowing right away what to look for and knowing if it's going to work or not work. I'll start with this. If you've ever read any books by John Gottman, he's like the godfather of data in terms of relationships and marriages. So he has got so much data from studies that he's done on what makes relationships last. And it got to a point where he was able to predict with over like 90% accuracy whether a relationship was going to end in divorce based on a five to 10 minute interaction between two people, asking, asking them a certain set of questions that he has. And uh, one of the reasons he was able to figure it out so fast because he saw the pattern that when there's contempt in the relationship, which is kind of like a lack of respect. And, and he could see that through the questions he's asking that usually lends itself to a downward spiral, which ends in divorce. So that is the first one here. What is a healthy relationship versus a bad relationship? Well, one that's healthy has a lot of respect in it. Okay. So what does that mean? Respect is kind of a, can be a vague word. Like what does respect look like? Well, think about it. Think about what it means to respect someone. Now, respect is um, is a verb. You can respect someone, do something to respect them, but also it's feeling respect for them. So respecting their choices, respecting how they live their life, respecting how they deal with certain problems in their life. You just, not to use a word to describe a word, but you just respect how they go about their day-to-day and how they achieve their goals and, and, and just their outlook. Like you like it. Now, here's the thing. You can get really caught up in the beginning of a relationship, in the very beginning of dating, I should even say, because you're infatuated with that person and you really like that person. You might be convincing yourself or rationalizing things about what you respect about them. How do I know this? I've done this in the past and I've done this with, with a, a woman. I, I will not name names because um, I used to do some social media with her, but, but an ex-girlfriend who I kind of thought I respected and I was kind of kidding myself. So the respect part, I will admit, it might be a little bit of a trap, but you'll learn it You'll learn it eventually, okay? Because I'll say in my case, I learned after about six to nine months of from the beginning of dating that that respect started to go downhill. So you will eventually, if you are convincing yourself falsely that you respect this person, you'll see it within a year. You'll see it because you'll start to see more of their 
decision-making process. Like I said, the way they go about life, the things that they've accomplished, how they treat people, you know, all those little things. So if you respect your partner and she respects you, that is going to be an amazing foundation, an amazing foundation for a long-term relationship. And if you decide to get married, a long marriage. People rarely stay together if they don't respect the other person. And think about it, right? When you, when you go into a relationship with someone, there's this thing that happens. It's called time. Okay. You spend a lot of time with them. Time goes by, you know, six months, one year, five years, 10 years, maybe 20 or 30 years. And you continuously see the way that they treat themselves, other people, make decisions, things they accomplish, things they don't accomplish, promises they make to themselves, mistakes they've made. And it is possible with enough time that that respect could eventually be lost. And there's, it's understandable why that can happen in, in relationships and why some relationships don't last because people change over time. You might not be the same person you were at 27 when you're 40 or even 55 or, or beyond, right? So once respect is gone, the relationship is going to be, it has an expiration date at that point. Okay. Now that's not the only thing you need. There are some other things which, which we'll go into. Um, I should mention that, you know, a lot of guys who are listening because you're learning and you're like, okay, one day I will be in a relationship. So this is really important. Uh, and you're not really getting to that point yet. You're not getting enough dates. You're not getting uh, dates to turn into second or third dates, or you're just feeling very lonely and just have no idea about how to meet women to get to this point. You're not alone. There's a lot of guys who are listening, who are going through that, who email in. And I, I want you to really consider getting help beyond the podcast. The podcast is an amazing resource and it can really help, especially with all the episodes that I have, but it's not always the final way to, to really get the results you're looking for. It can be hard for some people to piece it all together. So we are offering free calls right now where we chat with you and we dive into your current situation with dating and relationships and we diagnose what's going on to see if we can help you. And if we can help you, we tell you about some programs that we have that might be able to get you to the point where you are finding a healthy and great relationship. So those free calls are being done now. If you go to trip advice, coaching.com. That link is in the show notes. You can book a call. And uh, sometimes I take those calls. So you might be on the phone with me. Uh, if not, you'll be on with an amazing uh, member of my team and staff who takes these calls and asks you some questions and gets to know you and to see, you know, can we help you? And uh, we can't help. I should mention, we can help a majority of the guys, you know, just once in a while, sometimes it's not a fit, but usually it is. And you should, you know, check it out. It's a, it's a free call and it can really be the start to changing your life because we've changed a lot of lives over here. We've gotten guys, girlfriends, gotten guys married. It's endless. I mean, every couple of months I get another photo or, or a text or on social media DM that, you know, the advice from the coaching has just gotten them to a place they never thought they would get to and uh, pictures of, of their engagement and stuff. So it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool. So check it out. That link again is in the show notes. So we talked about respect. Let's talk about something called boundaries, or I would even say space. 
This is when you are in a healthy relationship and you know when to to have boundaries and give space with the person. Okay. So that could mean if you know, and by the way, this is something that can just come out of having communication with your partner, understanding what everyone's boundaries are. That could be boundaries in literally anything. I mean, this is getting to know someone boundaries in the bedroom. It can be boundaries in the topics that you guys talk about the events and things you guys do together. It could be boundaries in how you guys communicate when there's a problem in a relationship. Uh, there's a really, really cool technique I'll, I'll teach you. I learned this from Neil Strauss. I believe he talked about it in his book called The Truth, which was like a sort of a sequel to the game. And so he talks about this technique called head, ears, hands, or feet. So when you are in an emotional conversation with someone and someone is upset You can say to them, hey, head, ears, hands, or feet, and they'll tell you which one. And each one means something different. Head means, do you need me here to help you solve the problem? Like brain, head. Ears is, are you just looking to have me listen right now? Hands is, do you just want to be held and physically touched and and comforted? And then feet is, do you want some space? Do you want me to walk away? So it's a great way to quickly just get on the same page with someone when you can say head, ears, hands, or feet. And this is an example of boundaries. So when you're trying to have boundaries with the person and understand how they communicate and give space when needed or be there when needed and you know be there to go through the good and tough times together. And by the way, this can be used not if it's a tough to, not only if it's a tough discussion with you and your partner, but it can also be used if they just come home and they're having a bad day and they're kind of talking to you and you're just like, I don't know what they need right now. And you say, Hey, babe, real quick, head, ears, hands, or feet. And she'll tell you, maybe she needs two of them or three of them. Um, you know, so, or maybe you need that too, right? It's not just about you saying that to her, but she can say that to you. If you're bringing up something, you want to talk about something and she can say the same thing and you can tell her what you need. Or if you get to a point where maybe you can just say to the person, instead of the person asking you, you just know, Hey, we're in a situation. It's kind of a difficult conversation. And you just tell them off the, off the bat, Hey, I need, I need feet right now. I need a little space. Hey, you know what? I I love some some ear right now. I'd love for you just to listen to what I have to say, you know, whatever it may be. So that's going to be what a healthy relationship looks like versus a bad one. When you're not giving boundaries, you're yelling, you're not understanding what the other person is. Um, not that they're not, you know, not understand what they're trying to convey, but you're assuming a lot of things you're, you're judging them. It just becomes a toxic conversation because each of you are just thinking about yourself you're not thinking about the other person and that adds fuel to the fire and makes it even worse. That's why you, you know, hear a lot of those. You're not even listening to what I'm saying. You're not even listening to, to me. When people fight, they say things like that, right? So just gotta be very careful with what that, what that looks like. Let's keep going. What does another healthy relationship look like? This is a big one. Support. Support. Supporting what? I would say your decisions. So if you have a woman that supports your decisions, that supports 
And then inside of that, that'd be like you, what you do for work supports the decisions that you make with your friends, your family. Now it's one thing because you shouldn't necessarily blindly support someone. If you have something to say that might help the person, you might be like, Hey, I, I support your decision, but just so you know, right. That's kind of the exception, but generally your woman should just be supporting what you're up to and what you're doing from the beginning to the end. And hopefully you support her as well and her decisions and what she's doing. It's also a form of respect, I would say, but it, it makes, it, it, I really think that it makes a separate point here that once you do respect someone, then you can give them the support that they need for the decisions that they're making. And the woman can do the same for you. A lot of bad relationships don't have support. Like, I don't know if you've ever had a relationship, like look back to it for a second. I'll look back at some of my past relationships that I've had. And I can say the ones that ended, I didn't really support what they were doing and, and it really tied into, it was really like a, a sibling of respect. You know, it's like, uh, I don't really respect what you're doing and I don't really support what you're doing. Your career choice or your day-to-day choice or how you treat your body, or maybe it's your drinking habits or the way you treat people or the way you treat yourself, right? Just like that support isn't there. So it should, there should be an overwhelming amount of support in a healthy relationship. And then a bad relationship just won't have a lot of that. And it can, it can change, right? As we said earlier, relationships and people change. So support could start to diminish depending on what's happening with, with people. So we got to be really careful of if there is support there. And, you know, listen, you're going to get into a relationship and there's going to be a drug in the first 12 to 18 months. You are going to be really under the spell of the woman and infatuated because you're dripping the chemical of oxytocin as well as dopamine when you're with this person and it feels really good. And like I said earlier, you might start to rationalize things. So you might say to yourself, oh, well, they don't have these things. And I don't really like that they do this or respect that they do this, but they do all these other things. And the sex is really good. And she's really, it feels good to be with this person. Got to be careful of that. I find that a lot of guys don't learn that lesson until they've been through a a few tough relationships where they've had to learn it themselves. And then they don't let themselves get into that habit again or that pattern, I should say, but I wanted to make this episode. So hopefully you can beat it and be aware of these things. All right, let's keep going. Um, Another thing too, is a healthy relationship knows how to speak love languages to each other. So do you know the love languages? Such a powerful thing. I think it was a New York Times bestseller. Um, Gary Chapman, I believe. Let me just double check that. Good memory on my end if I remember that. Yep, Gary Chapman, the five love languages. What are the five love languages? The five love languages are the ways that people feel and receive love. So you can speak their love language. Someone will feel loved if they maybe are getting touched or if there's something called an act of service, so you're doing something for someone, or there's gifts, you give someone something, or words of affirmation, you say nice things to them, 
or quality time where you spend time with the person. And the whole thesis behind it is that while we all feel loved when people give us words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service, and physical touch, he believes that some people feel certain or speak certain love languages more than the others. Like while you might like words of affirmation and quality time and receiving gifts, you feel more loved when there's physical touch involved, or you feel a little bit more loved when someone does something for you, like runs an errand for you, does a a favor for you, or brings you breakfast in bed or something like that. So it's really good to know that person's love language. I do believe it is very helpful when you're in a relationship. So you should know theirs. They should know yours. So that way you can speak that to each other. Like I know Megan, hers is words of affirmation. I know mine is touch and and quality time. So a little bit of, of two of those. And, uh, and it might change. You never know. You might change and, and it might change over time. And theirs might change too. But a healthy relationship versus a bad relationship is one that knows how to speak the love languages to each other and cares enough to do that. So there's that. Okay, next this is what I came up with. No data behind this. Mostly anecdotal, also fairly logical and rational. You got to have one common interest with them, minimum. So here's the good news. I don't really believe that you need to have tons of the same interests with your partner. You don't. I don't, I don't think you do. In fact, I've been in relationships where I did have tons of things in common. And that didn't make for necessarily a good relationship. But I do feel that there should be at least one. Because at the end of the day, and John Gottman talks about this, he says in, I think it was one of the first chapters of his book about what makes a successful marriage is that at the very core, it should be friendship. So not like being in the friend zone, that's different, but every relationship and marriage should have friendship at its core. Think about that. Like you guys enjoy spending time with each other and you might have like one, at least one common interest. I think most relationships will have at least a couple, but I think that in order to survive, one could be enough and you can have your own interests and do your own things and your own hobbies. And one person likes this and another person likes that. But at the very, at the very core of it, your friends, and you can have one thing that you like to do together, whatever that might be. Okay. Outside of, of sex, like something like a hobby or, you know, it could be watching a certain kind of movie together that you guys like, or it's maybe a sport like tennis. You guys like to play that and maybe it changes over time and that's good to know. So you should have at least something that you guys are doing. There should be at least one thing that you guys are enjoying together. Because that's what you do when you are in a friendship. You guys do things that are fun and you have good times together, right? So think about that. Next, very similar. When I talked about this idea of friendship, also laughing hard. Like if you're not having some sort of belly laugh with your partner at least once a quarter or even once every six months, I mean, when you guys are both just laughing at something really hard and, you know, again, there's no data behind this. This is just kind of my opinion. It doesn't, you know, if you go a whole year and that doesn't happen, it's not like the relationship is doomed, but I do believe 
That is one thing that, you know, it's something that you share with your friends a lot where you guys laugh and make jokes. And there's something really cool about being able to share that with your partner, with your girlfriend, with your wife. There's nothing that brings people together more than sharing a laugh. And I would think that a healthy relationship are two people being able to laugh and share those things. I mean, guarantee you talk about a person who's in a bad relationship, just ask them when's the last time that they joked around or laughed at the person. They're probably going to say months to years. And that's sad because that should be happening in a relationship, right? Would you agree? I would think you would agree. Uh, Next, consistent sex, right? There has to be some sort of consistent sexual activity happening if that's not happening and it's going several months to God forbid, a couple of years, you're not in a good relationship. This is when you start getting deeper in because of course that happens a lot because it's new and exciting in the very beginning, but you know, things aren't as new when, they, when you, you know, get down to several years into a relationship, potentially several decades, but there has to be some form of that activity going on or else it is just a friendship and some sort of glorified friendship. And that's not what a relationship is. So a healthy relationship has that and a bad relationship doesn't. And a lot of people who are going to have issues with respect and boundaries and support and love languages and no laughter probably won't have that happening. So that's definitely a sign that something's going on. Okay, next, no games or manipulation. And this is where things can get toxic and you can spot this pretty soon with a woman, if she's playing games with you, if she's messing with you, if she's trying to make you jealous, if she is a bad communicator, if she's passive aggressive with you, if she's maybe love bombing you, that's another form of manipulation, whether she knows she's doing it or not. Maybe she's trying to give you all this love, 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 and make you feel good about yourself but in reality, she's doing it to get a response from you. So you feel, so she feels good about herself. This is like really deep psychological stuff here. But if you start to see any of that breadcrumbing, gaslighting, love bombing, these are like the new trendy words uh, in relationships. Uh, if you see any of that, that can, well, that is a problem. And healthy relationships don't have that. Healthy relationships are honest. They're upfront. Even when things are hard, people can communicate with each other. You're not trying to get a rise out of the person. You're not trying to do secret things to get them to do the things that you want to do. You can, you could do that, but it's not going to be a long relationship. Eventually, that's a relationship that has an expiration date for sure. Next, and certainly not least, partnership. Partnership. Any healthy relationship is a partnership. You guys are working together almost as if it's a business. That means that you're working together as a, as a unit to, like I said earlier, support each other, but you're there to help each other. That can look like a lot of different ways. But if, you're, if that's not there in any function, it's probably a bad relationship. So in a partnership, you are supporting the other person. In a partnership, you complement each other. So you could have a partnership where maybe one person is doing 
all the things to bring the money in and the other partner is doing things to run the household. That's more of a traditional partnership, although that could technically be a woman who's doing that, the money part and a man who's, you know, doing the maybe stay at home stuff. That's just not very common, but where are you guys supporting each other, helping each other? Are you splitting the errands properly? Are you doing the house chores properly? Are you running your business as a family and and team properly? When one person's sick, are you taking care of the other person? When one person's just down, are you taking care of the person? Now, remember, I'm talking about a healthy relationship with this partnership, a bad relationship. You would see an uneven balance of this. If you're always taking care of someone else and they're just feeding off of you, that doesn't seem like a healthy partnership, right? Because it's not a partnership. That's one-sided. And we can get really deep where we talk about codependent relationships where it seems like it's a partnership in this weird kind of dark way where one person is enabling the other person due to does bad things, which then allows the other person to be there for them. Usually it's a situation where one person's an alcoholic and the other person isn't. That's not a partnership. (laughs) That's a toxic relationship. So you got to make sure that in the partnership, it's what it means. It's you being a partner to them. So it's not one-sided. It's not just one person who's doing all the work for the other person. The other person's not doing anything. Now, of course, you know, there's going to be times, maybe your partner gets pregnant. Maybe, you know, someone broke their leg or something, you know, terrible happened where, yeah, it's going to be one-sided for a while, but that's only because of the situation that happened. That doesn't mean it's going to be forever. Or maybe there's someone who you feel like they're not doing their jobs in the relationship. And it seems like you're doing a lot of the heavy lifting trying to communicate or doing all the errands or whatever it may be, an uneven balance. So the healthy relationship is a partnership that's as close to 50-50 as possible. Doesn't mean you guys are each doing the same exact things. You guys could be doing different things, but at least the partnership has it so everything is relatively equal to each other. Versus a bad relationship. When you know what happens, by the way, when there's not a partnership, resentment comes in. Resentment is a relationship killer. It will kill, and it has killed many relationships because resentment resentment it builds over time. Slowly but surely, you kind of get secretly upset that they're not pulling their weight, and you let it build, 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 build until finally one day you can't take it anymore. One thing happens. It's a straw that broke the camel's back, and one of you explodes on each other because you've been holding it in for so long. That's why you need to be communicating with each other on those things, or else resentment will blow it up potentially. And resentment, probably, if there's too much resentment, it means you guys haven't really practiced communicating and having hard discussions which I know we all like to avoid because you're really tired from work and you'd rather just kind of sit and watch TV or hang out or scroll on your phone and you don't want to deal with that thing that you can just talk about tomorrow and that becomes the next week and that becomes the next year, which becomes the next decade. And all of a sudden, kaboom, relationship blown up. This was a healthy list. Speaking of healthy, respect, boundaries and space, support, love languages, common interests, laughing, and having a good time, consistent sex, games and manipulation, and partnership. Is that the final list? No. Is that what I believe from my research and my experiences to be 
really the cornerstones of a, of a great healthy relationship versus what would look like a bad relationship? I think so. So think about some of those things. And I hope anonymous, this answers your question. You got a whole episode. Not many people do get a whole episode, but I figured I knew that this was going to be a lot longer than just answering it for five to 10 minutes. So I wanted to do that for you, but I still want to answer more of your question. You had more questions. It wasn't just what is a uh, bad and, and fulfilling relationship look like, but you also asked, and you said, I moved here a few weeks ago and have a tough time finding where to meet quality women. Where do quality women congregate? I am not into the whole club thing. Okay. Here's the reality. Quality women are actually everywhere. They're even in clubs. The thing is, is with clubs, you just are going to have maybe a more low amount of quality women. But I always say to guys, don't diss the bars and clubs. I mean, yeah, maybe clubs are a little bit intense and it's attracting the wrong woman. But you go to a bar, I mean, people who are normal people go to bars. And yeah, you might run into some women who are kind of a disaster, but you know, every woman in some time of their life has gone into a bar, you know, clubs, even even clubs. So it, it, it is a good question. And definitely I can help you try to answer like where do quality women congregate? And I will answer that for you. But the more important thing here isn't just where to find the quality women. It's more just get the volume. Like I'm always preaching, get the volume. And then you work on how to filter for the quality women. How do you filter for the ones that might be toxic? I have some episodes on that too. So you know, you can, you can listen to some episodes on, on toxic and, and how to ignore toxic and red flags. But I mean, just to give you some ideas, think about what I talked about today. If you, there's games, manipulation, if it seems like it's one-sided, if you feel like they're a bad communicator, they don't respect you or respect themselves. You know, a lot of this can be, they are very needy or clingy or very jealous or very distant any of those things can all be yellow or red flags that you can look out for to make sure that you're filtering for a woman who's going to be a good partner for you. You know, women who usually have daddy issues or you drink a lot, drugs, things like that, that's going to be something to look out for. Very lazy women, women who just are messy at their life, their car is a mess, their life is kind of messy, their rooms are messy, their apartments are messy. Those are good things to look out for. You know, anything that you think is something that could be a yellow or red flag probably is. So don't get caught up with thinking with your penis. Think with your actual brain instead of getting all caught up with she's really cute. And I will admit, I'm a human just like you. I've gotten to things where I thought, well, she was super cute. And then it didn't work out because I wasn't listening to my gut. So listen to your gut. Now, where to meet quality women? Yeah, I, I mean, really almost anywhere, but I guess the club. Online has plenty of great women. Walking around shopping areas and malls and where women are hanging out outside. Um, yeah, any kind of events that are going on, networking events. Obviously, through through friends. You can go to bars or lounges, more upscale places. If there's alcohol involved, I'd say the more upscale, the better. You know, going to some kind of party, crazy club may not be the best place to meet a quality woman, but if it's a little bit more upscale, 
a little bit more exclusive. That could be potentially, I'm not saying for sure you'd have to do the filtering thing, but get, yeah, I I get it. You're asking this question because you're scarred and I get it. I'd be asking this question too. You're like, I need to avoid this at all costs. You might not be able to avoid it, but I mean, meeting someone who could be a potential red flag, but that's why we just meet as many women as we can. We filter from there. We help you do this, by the way. I can help you in our coaching program. We have a course called Hooked, which teaches you how to attract women so that you can have more volume. You can check out that course at getherhooked.com. It's $47. It's pretty reasonable for you. And if you don't like it, you can always get a refund. I don't ever want to give anyone something that um, that doesn't help them. There's also a book, Magnetic, on Amazon. I'll put all those links in the show notes. You can check all that out. I hope today was helpful. It is honestly, I feel a must listen and one that's really important for you as you go on your journey of dating and relationships. So I will continue to answer questions for you as you continue to email in. Thank you, Anonymous. You can email in trip at tripadvice.com. Put in the subject line podcast question and I will answer your question here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your week.